right, good afternoon, everyone. Charles Moskowitz here. Thanks for joining me. My guest is Dr. Dean Hart. He's an expert in microbiology, published author on the transmission of viruses and diseases. For 25 years, Dr. Hart taught as an associate research scientist and assistant professor at the Columbia University College of Physicians and Surgeons. Dr. Hart, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Oh, you're welcome. Good to be with you. You are at the epicenter of everything right now in New York. And um, this, uh, according to uh, Governor Cuomo, according to President Trump, according to everyone involved, is going to be the, um, the main focus of the, um, the rise of the virus, the, the COVID-19. Um, what is happening on the ground, so to speak, in New York right now? Well, as a regular citizen, I got to say, it's as bizarre as it was when the financial crisis of 2008 occurred. And it's a whole weird feeling in a ghost town like there was when the World Trade Center was attacked. But this enemy, very different. Now, this is something that, I, I mean, I, I'm as well uh, holed up here in my place, and I, I think everyone is. And, um, you know, people are concerned that they might have the virus or they may contract it, and it's a terrible thing. How can we make sure that we protect ourselves and how do we know if we might have it? Because, you know, in, in the case of my wife, she keeps waking up and, oh, my God, I think I have it. I mean, what do you, what do you, you know what I mean? What do you, what are the signs of this thing? The best way to tell is mysteriously, if you got a fever out of nowhere, if there's no fever, even if you think you have it, you won't be tested because we have a paucity of tests in this state and in this country. So a fever is a good telltale sign. Now, coughing could be allergies like sneezing. But the, the best way, allergies don't cause a fever. Now, I think one of the problems also with the reason why I understand we're being told to sequester ourselves is because people can be carrying it without knowing it, especially younger people. And uh, because it doesn't manifest for several days if you have it, if at all. And yet at the same time, you could be passing it on. Well, New York had typhoid Mary. She never got sick. It was just everybody mm. else she was with got sick as a dog and got typhus. So, yeah, you don't know if the children could be carriers and never get sick. We don't have enough tests. And inevitably, what we'll do is be able to get billions of tests. And hopefully in the bathroom, you can test yourself every morning to see if you've become a Corona-19 uh, carrier the carriers have to be quarantined. The ones with the disease are certainly carriers. And then you that one, you're sick probably, so you want to be quarantined. So, I mean, maybe one of the lessons that we can learn from this is that there has to be an effective test developed and then available to everybody. So we just well, have this. There are effective tests, but we just don't have the quantity of them. It, it, typically, it's almost impossible in New York to get the test unless you have all the symptoms that you could almost diagnose on its own. And um, it, then it takes a week for the lab to get back the results. Now, it only takes maybe six hours, and it's going to take 45 minutes probably in the not-too-distant future. So what's going to happen is the great next step will be we'll be able to test everybody and figure out who can get other people sick, be it a carrier or, or a germed person. 
But even then, I mean, this thing apparently, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's so contagious that you could have one person show up maybe from a foreign country who has it, and then everybody will, it can give it to multiple people. I mean, uh, you know, they said this is what's gone on, like, for example, in the Mardi Gras in New Orleans. A couple of people might have had it, and now that state is one of the epicenters of this. Well, exactly. This thing is so much more contagious than the comparison to the flu that everybody likes to make, maybe three times more contagious. Once we get enough data, we'll give a contagious ratio to it. But the average person can tell it's awfully contagious. And then you can also see the death rate is far higher than the flu, too, between 10 and and 40 times more deadly, especially with the people that are most vulnerable and delicate, the older people or the immunocompromised. All right, my guest is Dr. Dean Hart. You have to check out his website, deanhartscientist.com, where there's a lot of interesting information to keep up to date. And um, you have the CDC data, of course, but you also have a lot of your own data there and, uh, and videos and et cetera. Um, so, you know, what, what do you do if you have this dread disease? I mean, what is the best way to proceed? Well, if you have the disease, it may not be even so dreaded. You may have a cold, a light fever. You may not even have a fever in some cases. You may not have symptoms at all, you realize. But if you know you have this disease, then you want to self-quarantine. Mm -hmm. You do not want to give it to others because you got to assume you're highly infectious and able to transmit the germs very easily. Now, if you have the disease, I think the recommendation is to quarantine for 14 days and then once you're symptom-free, to semi-quarantine for another 14 days. Is that right? Well, there's uh, different schools of thought. One says to test, get tested two 24-hour periods apart, and if you're negative after 14 days and you can test negative for another two days, then you're okay to go back within society. Okay. Um, the Israelis have discussed a, a somewhat of a novel approach, which I think seems very draconian in my opinion. And it's not that they've done this, but they say, we're going to protect our vulnerable citizens, seniors, people with pre-existing conditions, and we're going to let the rest of the population get the virus so they have immunity. And then we'll, we'll, everyone will be essentially inoculated. What do you think of that? <laughs> I think better some other country than mine. I don't want to get this mass epidemic because people between 30 and 65, while in the minority of those that have the bad respiratory disease, they're very few, but the, the if you let everybody get it, you're going to overwhelm the healthcare system big time. There aren't enough ventilators to handle the problem. Maybe right. in Israel, they got more ventilators than New York. Yeah, but nevertheless, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to go through this. You know, it's and it's there. Are, there are also, I understand from what I've been looking at the CDC, there are potentially more grave health consequences, such as it can affect your heart, it can affect your lungs. I mean, this isn't good. You know, I mean, even if it's mild. Well, the mild ones generally don't get any side effects. It's the twenty percent that aren't mild that range from side effects for a lifetime to death. Uh, but the the eighty percent is what probably Israel's looking at. The 80% do not get side effects. They get over a cold if they even know they got it. 
Right. Well, that's that's. I mean, it seems to me to be a major game of Russian roulette. Either way, um, President Trump says that he hopes that the country can be back to normal by Easter, which is three weeks from now. What do you think? Well, I study bioethics now in grad school. I went back to school. And we have a contract with society, John Locke, Thomas Jefferson, they created this constitution as the relationship between society and the people in this government. Now, Dr. Trump is no doctor. He <laughs> is here to keep society, have a stiff upper lip and ha pursue happiness and be comfortable and not have mass panic. So his mission is entirely different than a scientist's. I don't think that we're going to be doing much anything different mm -hmm. when it's Easter. On the other hand, I understand why he's doing it, but it doesn't help me because I know that he's speaking with a lack of knowledge because even the most advanced epidemiologists, the public health people, there's a Dr. Fauci that's always on TV. He's telling us we don't have the data yet. We right. don't have the information to really come to any conclusions. So Trump can say what he wants to try to cheer us up. That's kind of the role of government. But is it based on facts? No. Right. Yeah, but, but based upon data we do have, to the extent we have any, what do you think is the, the timeline for this thing? Well, if we get infinite tests mm -hmm. instead of... Vice President Trump said something about a few hundred thousand tests were coming out. We need billions of tests, hundreds of millions and billions. Then you can test everybody daily, and then you can have an outcome. The other choice, not the treatment of it, but the vaccine is the other choice, and that would save the day big time, too. The, um, the, the only thing we can do in the public health world. Uh, our armamentarian is one thing right now, self-isolation or social isolation. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and that's that's what we're all going through. But um, I don't think they're going to get billions of tests anytime soon. I mean, that's going to take a while. It's too bad they didn't figure this out back in, you know, late last year. We can look back and, and wring our hands, but that's too late. You know, that's history. We could have talked about why China didn't open up a little bit more so we could find out what was going on there. They wouldn't let the CDC even come in. That's all history. That's done. We're talking today. They're not getting the tests so quickly. It's going to take a while. So without the tests, what do you see? I mean, is it going to be, as I keep hearing Dr. Fauci say, this this curve that's going to, we're going to crest and then, then it's going to drop off. Um, uh, where, are, where do you think we are on that? I mean, maybe it's going to take its course. Well, Dr. Fauci has said many things as theoretical, but he, as a scientist, as am I, we always couch it with, we don't know for sure. I've seen Dr. Fauci say something that it may follow a pattern like the flu, where it's cyclical. In the summer, it goes away with all the light, the temperature, the humidity, the socialization mm -hmm. that's separated. It's possible, and I got to say, that's possible, and if you say it that way, Anything's possible. Do I think that it's going to follow the pattern of the flu? It doesn't seem to be identical to the flu in many regards, even though that's coronavirus, but a different mm -hmm. one. Right. I mean, it seems to be a lot more contagious, for one thing. The data that I've seen says three times more contagious, but I would say that's hopeful thinking. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. 
What about some of these alternative drugs? President Trump has talked about hydrochloroquine and and mixed with an antibiotic as being effective. Apparently, it's been effective in a study in France. New York is now using it. My, uh, Governor Cuomo is, is asking the hospitals. I think they're actually doing like a literal trial of it right now in New York hospitals. Do you know anything about that? Because that would be amazing. And all it is is a pill. You know, you take six of them over six days. It's, it's not even expensive. It's 20 bucks. You know, that's something that could be done. Well, there's two things they're trying at the same time. One is that Z-Pak, the antibiotic, and one is an a, um, anti-malarial drug. The anti-malarial drug, taken long-term, has psychiatric effects, can affect your retina, can affect mm. your whole body. It's given to people that sometimes have, with, for the treatment of lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. So uh, the Z-Pak for seven days... I've taken it. I wasn't worried about side effects. But here, if you use it prophylactically to prevent the disease, you've got all the problems with the with the um, the quinine-related uh, mm. anti-malarial drug. You have all the side effects that people have, and I've seen retinal changes in people, and that's not uh, no, no. Well, I would assume I'm running under the assumption that it would only be prescribed to somebody who has the disease and it's manifested. It's, it's an active thing. I mean. Well, the, it's not taken like a, you know, it's not an antihistamine. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like you're taking it in advance. Well, that's the thing. If you're not taking it in advance, the side effects are very small. It's more the long-term taking of it. But right. it's, it's, it's compassionate use. And by definition, compassionate use typically isn't used for studies. It's like people that have no choice, they're about to die, you give them something is better than nothing. Now, President Trump or Dr. Trump, as he probably likes to be called, you've got the question, is he giving, giving us something to keep us comfortable or something based upon science that we don't know that he does? My right. hunch is he's a politician and not a physician. I get it. Well, I mean, we can all, you know, it's certainly raising hope in, in uh, people. I mean, to think that there might be this this miraculous, you know, panacea, you know. <laughs> I mean, I remember during the last time, during the the uh, the uh, swine flu, it was Tamiflu everybody was running for. You know, they emptied the shelf of that. So there's always some people, you know, look, it's only natural. We want to protect ourselves. Um, I wouldn't so. go to the supermarket or the drugstore and get any, any the Z-Pack. Well, both of them, you need a prescription. But the Plaquenil, long-term for prophylactic use, if it worked, would I take it? The risk-reward ratio, maybe so you might take it prophylactically, um, but we don't have the data to support that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting to know, and I'm glad you've clarified that. Uh, Dr. Hart, so um, what, what, should, what is your advice going forward right now as this thing is cresting around this country? Well, don't panic and go for the test, because if you do have a, a mild case within the 80%, you're not doing anything except staying at home being a little bit sick or moderately sick and and you just want to stay away from people you've got to assume in new york at least i've got to assume everybody is a carrier or infected that's how you got to approach it until we have the ability to do mass tests i don't mm -hmm. share the um thought that it's going to be forever before we get the test. I think our capitalist system will rise up to the challenge to making lots of money on these tests, and you're going to see a deluge of tests within months.
Good. Okay, but unfortunately, I, we're not all locked up all, all that time waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just people are starting to get a little stir crazy here. Um, uh, in New York, nope. you know the number one cr crime is going down big time in Manhattan, in New York City. Yeah. But you know the one crime that's going up in New York? Courting. No, domestic yeah. violence. Oh well, that's that's too bad. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> just take it easy, everybody. You know, get to know the old lady. You know, and, and just relax. <laughs> um, all right, Doctor Hyder, what are you doing to uh, for this uh, in terms of your own? Um, protections? Well, I got to say, I don't wear a mask because I don't believe I'm infected. I, it's debatable if every healthcare provider, as I am, should be te tested as a highest priority within society. And because I'm a healthcare provider, that tempts me to, um, to get tested, although mm -hmm. I'm not seeing that many patients these days, more doing interviews and Working on my bioethics degree. Excellent. Good. Well, you know, this one, the other thing that might come out of this is that a lot of people are going to go into um, biology and, and epidemiology and all of these fields because we need them. Well, in the bioethics class, it's a master's in science at Columbia University that I'm taking. We have a lot of public health people and epidemiological people, and they've been studying crunching numbers and formulas mm. for 50 years and they have had nothing but Ebola in Africa to go use their tools with. So right. the problem is that people will be motivated, but then there'll be self-actualization self might not be there because we may not see this for another 50 years. But fortunately, we at Columbia, I see them all over the place, the people ready, they're chomping at the bit to get the data. The problem is mm -hmm. with a thousand deaths and it's just not enough data. When you go to Washington and 20 people in the nursing home died, that's not good. It doesn't control the variables. You can't crunch those numbers yet. So we're waiting for this to get worse before probably we can make it better. Well, I hope, I hope they don't get the data, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. And and also, I think that once the curve starts going like this, and things seem to be better, there's going to be. It's like when you when you get over any disease, if you even get over the common cold, all of a sudden you get this surge of energy, and and everybody's going to go out and go to restaurants and start to party, and that could be a recipe for a relapse. Well. Virology generally Im implies some immunity. That's how come we can use a vaccine, because if you subject the body to the, to the antigen, you have antibodies for a certain amount of time. So the chances are that we will have immunity for some period of time to the COVID virus once we get it. How long that is, we don't know. But nice. if you look at viruses in the past, we know that it is something that we can transfer. Okay, well, that's at least a slight piece of good news on all this. All right, Dr. Hart, so do you want to let my listeners and viewers know, uh, know a website or any more information about you and your work? Well, I have a website, deanhartscientist.com, and what it has, which I go to every day, is the CDC, which monitors the nation, and the World yeah. Health Organization that monitors the, the pandemic globally. And... The numbers are changing every day. We're getting brand new information. In China, it seems like they cured the common cold. So the data is flawed from China. From the U.S., we see them going up dramatically, the numbers. So we 
you should pay attention to the government because they have so much more money and ability and personnel to crunch the numbers and give us the information. And so far, there's a paucity of good information on these sites. Good. All right, Dr. Hart, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. And stay safe. You, you too. Thank you very much.